Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 72 of Breaking Bats presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and I'm joined, as always, by Kate Maniscalco, riding shotgun once again. Uh, Kate, how are you? It's a packed show, lots of news, and I'm, I'm excited to get into it. But yeah, how are you? Justin, doing great. Yeah, a lot of breaking news today, especially in baseball. I feel like also it was in the past about four hours, a bunch of things started to happen before we came on to record. But... Other than that, I'm doing well. How are you doing? How was your weekend? It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, I was in Texas. I went to my very first Rangers game, brand new ballpark down there. And it was funny because I I talked a lot of smack about the City Connect uniforms that the Rangers have for good reason. The pants don't look good. They have a bunch of weird things on there. I'll rehash it if, if you want. But um, uh, they, they were wearing the City Connects on Friday night when they're playing the Seattle Mariners. And it was actually, they had a giveaway. And they were giving away... Rangers pennants. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see, you'll see this. They gave out the TX Rangers baseball pennant. And yeah, this logo, I don't love it. And we, I got there early. I got to walk around, got this big pennant. Um, yeah. I mean, the ballpark's huge. It's, they had the roof closed because it was a thousand degrees there. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to find things to be honest. It's, it's a lot of levels. There's like five decks. Wow. It's, it's really it's it's gigantic. It's very easy to get lost, especially if you've never been there before. That was that's really my only gripe. Also, the the game was like a two hour game, like they they it was like a pitching duel between John Gray, um, and who was pitching for, who was pitching for Seattle? Um, oh Castillo, yeah, it was Castillo versus Gray. Both guys were shoving. It was like a, it was a really really quick game. So I didn't love that. I would have liked to have seen a little more slugging, a little more a more yeah. time taken. But other than that. 10 out of 10. It was great, but it was very funny that they're wearing the uniforms that I loathe. So, uh, other than that. And then that, you got a souvenir. <laughs> and then I got this big pennant that I have to figure out what I'm going to do with. <laughs> He's going to hang it on his wall, right? So everyone can see it every time we record. That'd be so nice. It would be, yeah, just be an ironic relic behind me. Yes. Just be like, oh, you really do like the City Connects. Yeah, the TX with the, with the spurs on it. Love that. Yeah, even though you rant about every single week that you hate, absolutely despise, despise. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> how it always works out. But mm-hmm. I did get a Rangers Republic t-shirt. I'm all Rangers out, Rangers out. And to all the people out there saying I've jumped on yet another bandwagon, I would point you to, I started liking them in the early 2010s, 2010s. Michael Young was my favorite player growing up. Josh Hamilton, that was World Series teams. I have a little dirt in my spikes in the Rangers fandom, so... Hop off, hop off. He's a bandwagoner. Not a bandwagoner. Not it's okay. A bandwagoner. We still, we still love you, even though it's a bat. You're a bandwagoner. It's okay. It's <laughs> fine. You can have multiple teams on this podcast. You're allowed. Hey, you're allowed to to love multiple teams. And in my case, it's we're, we're approaching four. So, uh, it's it's fun. It makes for a lot of screens when you're when you're watching baseball every night. It's great though. Nate Nate Low, shout out Nate Low. Guys, the guys, the best. So love. yes, Rangers Republic. All for it, straight up Texas, all that stuff. Uh, so that was that was my weekend down in Arlington. Um, so I we tape these pods most of the time on Tuesdays, and I think the baseball guides have just all decided that Tuesdays will now become news dump day. Yes, because every Tuesday night we hop on here, we're thinking it's gonna be a slow news day. There's like 15 things that just happened, big news, lots to talk about. And I, I, for our leadoff news segment tonight, Kate's driving the bus. Kate, who's first? I'm driving. We got Alec Manoa on deck. Everyone brace yourselves. But the theme of the podcast that Justin and I have decided for today is it's fine. Everything's fine. Everyone hold your horses. It's all going to be okay. But we do have some Alec Manoa news on the Blue Jays. So he was optioned to the Florida Complex League. Now, for those of you sitting there going, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Neither did I. It's not AAA. It's not AA. It's one of those independent leagues in Florida for the Blue Jays. And the reasoning behind that is he's going to have a ton of technology, a ton of equipment, 
stuff like that, that will be able to help him fix his mechanics, fix his timing. People are saying it could be a pitch clock issue, but we do have a lot of other moves that the Blue Jays made today. Chris Bassett came back from the paternity list. Right-hand pitcher Zach Thompson was designated for assignment, and then Bowden Francis was called up for the Blue Jays. Manoa, it's been, it's been, it's been tough. One in seven, 6.36 ERA, 289 opponent average this year. 11 home runs and 13 starts. So obviously the numbers are not looking great. I personally think that this is actually a good decision for the Blue Jays. He gets a good reset. He's one of the best in the league, 2022 season, 16 and seven, 2.24 ERA, 202 opponent average, 180 strikeouts, was an all-star, clearly the Blue Jays ace. I think, do I want to say the yips? I'm not going to say the yips, which is what a lot of people are saying. I think it's the timing. I think the pitch clock might have a little bit to do with it. Sometimes you just need to go down figure it out, work on your mechanics. But a lot of Blue Jays fans are freaking out. They're saying, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Justin, want to hear your thoughts. What What are you thinking this will mean for Toronto? So for Toronto, it's, it's I mean, they weren't getting any kind of remotely good production out of Manoa in the rotation anyway. So they might benefit from him actually not being there. But for Manoa, it's it's like you. The theme of today is that that meme of the dog in the burning building, this is fine. Everything's going to be fine. Relax. As much as it pains me to say this, I am still team Adam Frazier if we're doing the the, the Frazier-Manoa debate again. Yes. Um, but the optics aren't great, which is why people are freaking out. They're like, we sent him down to the rookie, the rookie complex <laughs> league. This guy was like third in Cy Young last year, and now he's in the, the rookie. He was the opening day <laughs> starter too. Let's not forget that. And now he's playing in a league where guys who are like 18 years old and international guys are there who this is like the first time they've ever played pro ball. So yes. quite, quite the step down. The optics aren't great, but I was reading about this Florida complex league and it's like the coolest thing ever. They call it the pitching lab. They, they, apparently it's where the blue Jays have spring training down there in Florida. They have all sorts of high tech cameras. They have a million coaches who are there specifically for Manoa. They're bringing like guys from Toronto to be there, to watch him, to coach him, to mentor him. He's, they're not going to have him face hitters. They're like, we're going to strap him to all these high tech things and just check the mechanics out, see what's wrong there. So we'll get a ton of work like that. And then once he starts getting the stuff right mechanically, he's going to fix the the mental things because apparently this guy's a little bit of a nibbler nowadays. He's not attacking guys. He was a bulldog coming right at you last year, which is why he was so good. And this year he can't, he's just on the corners kind of, kind of weekly and they have to figure that part out. So uh, not uncharted waters for things like this. Pitchers do go down and and rediscover their mechanics, but yeah, it's it. The blue Jays fans, I would just say like what Aaron Rodgers said, R E L a X relax. It's all going to be fine. Everyone take a deep breath in deep breath out. This is good for your team. I think that's the best yeah. way to go. Absolutely. I was reading too that, that Roy Halladay, ever heard of him? One of the best pitchers of, of the generation. So in 2001, he had been in the bigs for three years at that time. He had like 200 plus innings. His mechanics were all messed up and they sent him down to single A ball. And granted, he was still super young at the time, but also he had been in the bigs for a while. So I'm sure that was a little bit of a slap in the face. He went down, got his stuff right. Very next year was an all-star. Won 19 games. So Blue Jays have a track record doing this thing. They'll be fine. It's like I said, once the initial shock of the headline wears off and Manoa gets, you know, his mind right, his, his mechanics right, he'll come up and he'll start shoving again. So it'll, I'm sure that's not the hot takes that people were maybe expecting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just relax. I agree. I, I also think from a mental perspective, just like not being in the media's eye constantly of having, oh, another rough start for Manoa, everything on Twitter, everything on social media, for him to just go down there, relax, and literally just focus on pitching, it's almost like, you know, another training camp situation for him. He gets another spring training. Let's just think of it as like that. And then he'll come back up, be nice and fresh. Absolutely. Yeah, go to the pitching lab. That's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I think I think all pitchers, when they're, when they're struggling, should just get sent to the pitching lab. Like they should, they should have like, literally it's just for pitchers. If you're struggling, you go down, they fix you up and then you come back up. Hitters should do that too. It's like a day spa. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you maybe get the little thing out of the board just to do the nails, to file the nails down. I don't know what goes on in the pitching lab, but it sounds awesome. And I'm actually really, really jealous. Spa. 
He's going to a spa in Florida. He'll love it. He'll come back rested and rejuvenated, get some cucumbers on the eyes. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be nice and fresh. Absolutely. So uh, the next thing that I wanted to bring up, and you know, I'm I got the Rangers Republic on. We just did a you know five minute segment on the Rangers. Is not great news for the Rangers. Jacob Degrom, second Tommy John surgery. He was on the sixty day sixty day IL as of a few days ago. But this it, it kind of shocked and surprised a lot of people, myself included, because. I remember thinking, because I was telling my buddy who's a Rangers fan, he was asking, he was like, what's up with DeGrom? And I was like, dude, I think he's fine. Like, I read May 22nd, Rangers DeGrom throws bullpen session, and quote, he feels great. He threw 32 pitches. He continued his recovery. The manager, Bruce Bochy, said it went really, really well. And so I'm like, I had that in my brain as the last thing of Jacob DeGrom. So I'm like, dude, like, he'll be back in like a week or something he'll or maybe he'll go to like the Round Rock Express for like a rehab uh, start yep. or something. This will be everything there's nothing to worry fine. about. Yes. And then as of late it was like, well, he's not it's not getting any better and then today boom, TJ. So look, it I know it's I know it's bad. Everybody wants to point to that contract that he signed this offseason, 5 years, 185 million dollars. That's the big elephant in the room here. It's like this guy He's always been hurt with the Mets. You sign him to this deal. What happens? Oh, he got hurt again. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. But, like, everything will be fine. Am I wrong in thinking that the Texas Rangers are pretty good? No. The Texas Rangers have already accomplished so much, lead in so many statistical categories for Major League Baseball. I mean, I'm sure if you just name one off the top of your head, I could probably just say to you, yes, that's the one that the Rangers lead in. And they did this without DeGrom. So I think the Rangers are going to be fine. Obviously, this is heartbreaking. Watching the interview with him, I was actually had tears in my eyes of him saying, this just sucks that like I can't help them win. This is a special group of guys. And for everyone saying that DeGrom always gets hurt, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend DeGrom right now. I don't really think you can control that type of injury personally. And this is also his second one. What's very frustrating about this injury is I don't think it really hit me until he said, I'm hoping to be ready again by the end of next year. Then that's that's when it really sets in. You're like, oh, this is a very serious injury. Obviously, everyone's rooting for his recovery. Verlander made a statement, said he's one of the best. Marcus Stroman made a statement, said, love him. All, All the players are tweeting for DeGrom. So everyone's pulling for him, but really unfortunate for Rangers. However, back to your point, Justin, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, Nathan Avaldi is one of the top candidates for Cy Young. So I think everything's going to be fine. Like the theme, again, for the podcast. I like, too, that, that you mentioned that he's trying to – he's pushing himself to get back before the end of next season. That just shows that he's going to do everything he can to be back as soon as he can, which is like he he doesn't like – he doesn't like being hurt. He doesn't like having that, that label as the injury-prone pitcher. And I think he's going to come back and prove all the doubters wrong, which is what he does every time he gets hurt. Every time he gets hurt and he comes back, he has like a two ERA and is back to being the old Jacob DeGrom again. Granted, he's getting up there in age. He's surprised, he's shockingly older than you would think, Jacob DeGrom. How like, old is DeGrom? I think he's like 34. Wait, I'm and like, that. he didn't start, he didn't start becoming super ace Jacob DeGrom until, yeah, he's You're 34 right. yeah. and he's, Oh, he's turning 35 in the 19th, so. He could still have, like, five more. Verlander's 40. Everyone take a deep breath. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, DeGrom was – I'm looking at his career stats right now. He was. He's always been good, but he didn't become, like, otherworldly until, you know, 28, 29, 30. So, kind of a late bloomer. I don't yeah. know. But going back to what you said earlier about the Rangers, that I went and I went on a little bit of a, an expedition to try to find some numbers to back up my stats here, or back up my thought here, and it wasn't that hard because they have the second best starter ERA in baseball. It's three three point one three. Hitters are only hitting two thirty two off of their starting staff. Like you said, of all these up there for Cy Young, John Gray, who I saw on Friday, pitching like an ace, career year, and also we can't, you know, we can't not talk about the offense, which has scored the most runs in baseball. And it's set a record because they have the sixth highest run differential in the first 59 games of the season of any team since 1900. Historically good offense led by 
friend of the podcast, Nathaniel Lowe. Also, Marcus Semyon, hit streak. Guy doesn't guy doesn't get out. No. Does it's not insane. get out. That's why it no. was funny. Like someone tweeted back. They're like, the Rangers will be fine. They scored 10 runs tonight anyway. <laughs> it's okay if the pitchers give up like five runs. So everyone's everyone's all set for the Rangers. I'm not concerned. The well, Grom hasn't concerned. pitched. Well, we're a little concerned because the playoffs, great pitching always seems to come out on top. You see, like, as an Orioles fan, I remember all these great Orioles teams that would go to the playoffs, like the ones in 14 and 12 and 16, where all they would do is mash the ball and then they go to the playoffs and you face, like, the Royals who have a really good starting staff. And it's like, oh, maybe pitching does come out on top in the end. So you can't slug your way out of everything. Not thinking like that, though, because this is Texas's year. We'll Rangers see. Republic. I'm it hopping on the Rangers bandwagon, though. I am. We're taking I applicants. I, they said I can. They said I can be an honorary member of the Texas Rangers. They won 68 games last year. They were 68 and 94, and so far this year, they're 39 and 20. It's insane. And it's June 6th. Mm-hmm. The turnaround is it's quick. It doesn't take that long. You don't need to... The other team should look at this as a model of, hey, what if you just go out and you spend some money on some starting pitchers and you, you spend some money in the free agency, their middle infields free agency, and, and you too can have a turnaround where you go from 68 wins to 90-something this year. Yep, Easy as we're that. talking to you. Oakland A's, this is directed right at you. Get the checkbook out. Start spending some money, please. Yes, model of, model of consistency. Um, so yeah, Rangers will be fine. We do have to talk, though. As I just mentioned, the Orioles, Aaron Hicks is now, he's, he's now become a thing. He's become, he's he's become a thing that we have to talk about because his start with the birds, he is white hot apparently. So I have stats before Tuesday night's game. So, and I just looked and he had a two run Homer. So these numbers also are need to be inflated a little bit, but in the four previous games, he was five for 11. He was batting four fifty five. RBI triple. He robbed a homer. This this has some people who maybe aren't as familiar with Aaron Hicks's game as maybe Kate is. Is this is this for real? Is this the new Aaron Hicks? And I'll let you start because you know Aaron Hicks better than anybody. I know Aaron Hicks all too well. Another Taylor Swift reference. Okay, Kate. No. The hack to the point. So, unfortunately, this is going to be a little hot streak for Hicks, and then it's it's going to go right back to the Aaron Hicks that we all know. Love, appreciate the one that makes errors in the outfield and the one that's consistently hitting under 200. But anyway, so I did do some digging. He has significantly gone downhill since 2018. His average has dropped each season since then. Following that 248 average he posted that year, he had 27 home runs, 79 RBIs. Everyone's going, yeah, yeah, this is this is why. This is why we have Aaron Hicks, greatest center fielder in the game. And then it just went downhill. The thing about Aaron Hicks is sometimes I feel like when you're watching him, you think he doesn't know how to play the game of baseball. It's, it's difficult. However, for a hot sack, I did think, okay, he's got a beard. He's feeling good. He's wearing the orange Orioles got the magic. I, I had that thought for a second. And then I, I just thought back to every single time there have been balls dropped in the outfield collisions and with the fence, with the players, and I remember all of those strikeouts. So unfortunately, I'm going to say this is just a little streak and Aaron Hicks will go back to what Aaron Hicks does. That's that's so funny that you think that just because he has a beard now, he's like a completely different person. <laughs> like, no, no, okay, no, that that happens Hicks. a lot. That was clean shaven Aaron Hicks. No, Aaron Hicks playing a little loose. He's got the beard going. He's not shaving on a regular basis anymore. Maybe that was holding him back. Maybe he just needed to get out of that Yankees rigidity and, and get, you know, be himself. Let his, let his Aaron Hicks flag fly. Um, no, because I knew that Aaron Hicks was a streaky hitter and I'm not a Yankees fan. I, I was like, I feel like I've, I've heard this before. I, I've, I feel like I've seen this and I went back and I looked at his 2022. So this is just last year and he had eight home runs last year and five of them came in two hot streaks that were like four games each. So he's no stranger to four game hot streaks. He had one in early July last year. He went eight for 16 with three home runs. And then in mid-September, he went seven for, 15, seven for 15 with two home runs. So, and then just the rest of the season, he he hit 216 last year. 
But if you only watch those four games, you'd think he was the best hitter on the planet. So that's the Aaron Hicks experience. We're just in the middle of a hot streak right now. And I think the Orioles, it's just capitalize on them. Capitalize on these little spurts. I think every team should pick Aaron Hicks up for five games at a time because he will be the best player of all time if he just does a five-game contract with each team. He could go around. It's like the NBA. You get a a 10-day contract. Give that to Aaron Hicks because if you have him for longer than that, it the, it's not going to be great. So, Cedric Mullins, please come back soon. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't want Aaron Hicks to be your starting center fielder? Sad. Well, no, because yeah, I mean, if you look on Twitter right now, you see a lot of people that are that are saying, "Oh, uh, it's mostly just Yankees fans that are that are True. always predicting the worst." It's like, "Oh, great, oh, great!" Now he's be an all star. I'm telling you, it's the beard. I also just think it's very funny. I don't know if players do this, almost like a dig to the Yankees, but every time they release a player or they make a trade, the next day they have a beard. It's it's like immediately after. It's like, I'm not shaving anymore. Throw away Gillette. Throw away the razors. I don't want it. I am now going to show you up by wearing a beard. It's so bizarre to me. I don't know why. I just feel like every single time I see that, like Joey Gallo, Aaron Joey Gallo. Hicks, Gary Sanchez did it last year. I'm like, everyone's like, no, full beard now. So weird. So weird. Baseball's a mental game. So yeah, maybe, maybe if you're not used to being, you know, crew cut, mustache only, no beard. It's, I just, yeah, that's, yeah. Go to a team that doesn't care. It's, yeah. it's great. So yeah, enjoy the Aaron Hicks experience in Baltimore while it lasts. Enjoy the two run home runs, the home run robbing catches, the great every every bit of his of his game is just top tier right now. But yes. give it a week. Completely agree. Week. That's a little bit more pessimistic than we had outlooks on the last couple of news stories. Uh, but yeah, we need to bring back down to earth a little bit. It can't all be roses, sunshine, and rainbows. No. You know what I mean? Of course, Some, we got to spice it up sometimes. Yeah, put the hot take hat on. I mean, that's not a hot take because it's literally Aaron Hicks's whole career. Um, yes. We're gonna stick with the Yankees though. Because Kate's guy, Anthony Volpe, Derek Jeter 2.0. Yes. Having a little bit of a rough patch. He's having a little bit of a rough patch. And Yankee fans already want to smack the panic button. I'm going to set the scene for people who are not Yankee fans, just so they have an idea of what this is about. So Aaron Boone says to Anthony Volpe, it's it's broadcasted, it's tweeted out. You will be my opening day shortstop. You would have thought that the New York Yankees just announced they signed Shohei Otani. This is how Yankee fans have reacted. Now, top pro- number one prospect. Okay, I'm I'm excited. Everyone's excited. Last year, all people were saying is, please, please, please bring up Anthony Volpe. Please call him up. Everyone was fed up with Isaiah Kiner Falefa, excuse me, and they're like, please bring up Anthony Volpe. Now he's going through a little bit of rough patch. So let's go over some of the numbers. Last 25 games, 178 average, 211 on base percentage, 422 slugging. During that stretch, he's also had six home runs, one of those being a grand slam, two-shot home run on Sunday against the Dodgers, put them up 4-1, to and then he had a walk-off sack fly against the Orioles a few weeks ago. Despite some of these positive occurrences, obviously, we know, 178 average isn't looking great, even if you're a rookie. I want... Yankee fans to listen to me carefully when I say this, because I am very passionate about this and I found the perfect person to compare him to. Cheater. Anthony Volpe played 22 games in AAA last year. He was called up very late towards the end of last season from AA to AAA, 22 games. And then he goes to spring training, gets invited, and they call him right up to the big leagues. Judge's rookie year in 2016, he had 42 strikeouts in 84 at-bats. Yes, you heard that correctly. Half of his at-bats, he struck out. And that year, he had 93 games in AAA. So, my point, there's going to be growing pains. He's going to have to figure it out. Boone even said himself, I think his swing is getting better. Sometimes you just can't see the results right away. I'm not hitting the panic button on Anthony Volpe, and I don't think you should either. This has turned into slightly a bit of a rant. But Justin, as an outsider, because obviously I'm, I'm slightly biased here, I'm very passionate. As an outsider, what what do you think about this? I think when you lay it out as eloquently as you just did, it, it kind of paints a good picture of this guy's stupid young. He's 
He's 22, and he just recently turned 22. He doesn't play the minors that long. He's, you know, the pride of New Jersey. He's the local kid, so all these expectations, and everybody's comparing him to Derek Jeter all the time, which is wild. He's not going to be Derek Jeter. I'm sorry. But people are saying, oh, send him down. He can't handle the lights are too bright in New York. He can't handle it. He's batting whatever comically low number. He's batting 193 right now. It's I can't handle it. But, like, he does enough as a complete player that he doesn't have to worry about being sent down. Because if you look, he's, he's 13 for 13 on steals. He has nine home runs, which is third among rookies. Like, he has a cannon for an arm at shortstop. Granted, there's a couple of errors that he'd probably like to have back. But he does enough things well that you're like, he's not going to be like his Waldo Cabrera, and they're not going to send him down to AAA on a whim. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to worry about the call. The, every time he, he the manager calls him into his office, he's not going to have to worry about being sent down. It's not going to happen because he's, he does enough. But there is a lot of bad. We can't can't sugarcoat the bad. He's striking yes. out 30% of the time. 30% of the time he's striking out. It's the 24th highest in, in all of baseball right now. Uh, and his on base is 268, so he's not walking at all. So you put those two together, it's a recipe for disaster if you're a Yankees fan. Um, but give it time. This will all pass. I'm As I've said earlier, I'm becoming an Anthony Volpe stand. I'm not there yet, but I'm approaching stand territory. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I like Anthony Volpe a lot. I think he's great, and I think Yankees fans need to chill out, although they will comment on this on TikTok inevitably yep. and tell us that we're all dumb and this kid sucks. So what do we know? We don't know anything. As always, we say, I don't know who gave us permission to have these microphones or say anything about baseball. We obviously don't play the game, so it's not, that not serious, even sure why bro. we're talking. Yeah. Why, why do you care? I don't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah. Yeah, baseball fans, baseball fans on the internet are the best. So, and the MLB's fine. This this wall blow over. Uh, he, the steals thing is crazy. He's like up there yeah. in sprint speed, and he has not been thrown out yet. So, He's keep clear. doing that. We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteeing a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. Um, Okay. Next up, this is I've been looking forward to this all day ever since Kate suggested we do all-star ballots because the position player starters for the 2023 MLB All-Star game, the voting is underway. Game July 11th, mark it on your calendars. Uh, so for each phase of the balloting, I think because they do it in phases, like I think there's like two or three, um, up until the final ones are counted. I think it'd be hilarious if we just did blind bl- blind ballot reveals. Try saying that 10 times fast. Because it's hard. It's harder than you think. If you go on MLB.com and you start filling out the AL and NL for some of these positions, it's tough. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull my ballot out. And we are going to compare. Okay. Okay. This is a big deal. Kate, we're going to start at the AL side. And we're going to start at first base. Your AL first base starter is? Anthony Rizzo. Okay, did not have that. <laughs> oh, for one. It was like drum roll, please. All right, drum roll, please. I have one, Mr. Yandy Diaz, who's batting right. 316 with a 974 OPS for your Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Rizzo's pretty good too. Let's do they have can I pull Rizzo's out in time? 292 like, and 847 yeah. OPS. He's yeah. yeah. But the Yankees he's, he's, he's decent. He's pretty good. He's Yankees also a gold glover. I always say makes ridiculous plays at first base. That's why he's mine. Just saying. Okay. Hey, that's, that's why we're doing this. Let's do yeah. NL first baseman because I don't think we have the same one. Your no, NL starting first baseman is Pete Alonso. That's mine. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. Wait. It's actually. Wait, I'm so excited. So 231 average, 21 bombs, 47 RBIs. If you look at that NL first baseman, a lot of people are going to put Freddie Freeman in there with yeah. his 331 average. Mr. Mr. Everything he does is amazing. But. Yeah. I'm taking the polar bear like you. The the 21 homers same. cannot be overlooked. No. No. He's he plays uh, on pace for 60, I think, right now. No way. Gotta gotta go with Pete. Yeah. This guy, I, I love Pete Alonso. Um, so yes. AL second baseman, who do you got? 
Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield. Do you have that too? No. Oh. No, I have oh. Marcus Semyon. All right. Yeah, I kind just of talked about pick. it. Can yeah. you explain Whit Merrifield? He has two home runs. I I like him. He's okay. just he's just my guy. That's why I went with sure. him. Yeah. Semyon. Sometimes I just pick like good average. Yeah. Hit streak. A lot of money. Um, that's that's that felt personal. Yeah, that the Whit Merrifield pick. Sometimes I do that too. If it's like I'll blindly put an Oriole on there just because, just um, for funs. Yes, uh, NL second base. Luis Arias. That is mine as well. Luis Arias, uh, three ninety eight average, and his OPS is nine forty two. More to come on Luis Arias in a minute. Uh, Wait, so yes, our national I, leagues are both. We have both for the National yes. League. Okay. Not on the AL side. AL third base. I don't think we'll Josh. have the same one at all. Maybe Josh Young. Oh, that's mine too. 293 average, 12 bombs. Guy's amazing. I've been hyping this guy up all year. Uh, I love Josh Young. So I'm glad we have that one. Yep. All right. Uh, NL third base is tough. It is tough. There is, you could, you could go a couple ways. You could go name only. It's pretty much all you really have at this point. There's not a lot of great stats. And all third base for you is Austin Riley. Austin Riley. Okay, interesting. I did not have Austin Riley. He is, you know, he's 10 homers, 262 average, pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado. Arenado? Arenado? How do you say it? Arenado. Arenado. I think I say Arenado. I I don't know. Yeah. You're also from Long Island. So um, now you're making fun of my accent. I'm not making fun of your accent. I think it's great. It's unique. It brings a different perspective to the show. It's different. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was I a name. Your... I love Austin Riley. So he's good. Yeah. I like I like Arenado. Arenado. Either one. Arenado. What, what do you guys prefer? Yeah. Let us know. At Breaking Bats Pod. Um, okay. AL shortstop. Wander Franco. That C. I was thinking about him. What? You didn't put him? No, I have Bo Bichette. I love Bo Bichette. Right, that's fair. Okay. He's batting 331, 12 bombs, 40 ribs. Wander Franco's also hitting 306 this year. So, they, you know, both these guys, you can't go wrong either way. Uh, but I, I don't know. Bo Bichette will lead the AL and hits this year again, probably. So I'm a big Bo Bichette guy. Yeah. Um, NL shortstop is comical. NL shortstop is tough. Uh, please tell me who your NL shortstop is. Matt McLean. Of the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds. He hasn't played that many games yet. This was just for fun. This was just for fun. Okay. I hey, he's played 19 games so far. Love. Sure. Yeah, get a red in there. You're sure. Redhead, go yeah. ahead. Do you, you do that. That'd be good. It'd be good for you because I have Xander Bogarts. I know he's been I hurt. Feel- the wrist has been ailing him. Yeah. But, but who else? Dansby Swanson, maybe, but he's batting 270 with six homers. No. Trey Turner's scuffling. Like all your traditional NL shortstops, Frankie Lindor's batting 213. Paul DeYoung is not that great. Like, where do you go? Like, uh, like I don't I don't know. I feel like Garcia from the Braves, maybe, but I don't feel like he's playing that many games. I don't know. This is hard. Stop. So Stop. there's not there's not not a great one. Uh AL catcher, we have to have the same one. Oh, uh, Adley, though. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... No question. You, you, If you're in the Midwest, you could probably say Sal Perez again. He's having another Sal Perez-type season, but yeah. everybody who's anybody is putting Adley in there. Uh, yeah. I think he will easily get an AL starting catcher job. Uh, NL starting catcher job. I have Diaz from the Rockies. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Edwin Diaz. Or not Edwin Diaz. Is it Edwin Diaz? Elias Diaz. Elias, Elias Diaz. Diaz. You see E. Diaz and your brain immediately. Very underrated. I have have Sean Murphy of the Atlanta Braves. Okay. Good pick. Good pick. 289 average, 11 bombs. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Outfield is going to be fun. Who's your three outfielders for the AL? All right. I got Judge, Kiermaier, and Yoshida. Went all, all AL East guys. I have Aaron Judge. Josh Lowe, friend of the podcast, and love. Mike Trout. Good, good picks. Got to give picks. you got to give Mike Trout some love. I think he's made the All Star game every single year. I think I read that he was trying to keep his All Star streak. All Star streak. 
Yeah. Judge, obviously, he's batting 300, 291, 19 homers. Josh Lowe, though, 291 average, 11 bombs, 39 RBIs, silence and all the doubters in Tampa. Uh, Just a a good dude. So I have to put Josh Lowe in there. Um, NL outfield. All right, I have Acuna from the Braves. Got Nick Castellanos from the Phillies. And this was just because I love him. Brandon Nimmo from the Mets. <laughs> just for fun. I mean, he's bad. Nimmo's bad in 292. He's doing okay. So like terrible. He's doing okay. I have Pretty Ronald odd. Acuna Jr. having a historic season. Yep. I have Mookie Betts. Just, he's, having a, he's having a pretty good year. Yeah. Well, and then I have Fernando best, Tatis yeah. Jr. Good I'm going Fernando Tatis Jr. is my third. Um, oh, I think, H, I feel like we're probably on very similar. I would I would venture to say we have the exact same two people. A, who's your mm-hmm. AL? Shohei. I have Shohei as well. Got to have him in there. Do great. Uh, NL. JD Martinez. You're a big yeah. JD person. Big JD. Uh, I have Jorge Soler. Okay. From the Marlins. 17 bombs. Guy, it's it's unreal the, the missiles that guy hits. So, um, did you write in anybody? No. No. Did you? No, I didn't. I, I didn't write in. Anybody. I wonder. Wait, let us know if you guys write in. I'm curious if people do that. There was. I mean, there's been years where like the writing candidate has garnered like I think maybe Alex Rios of the Blue Jays. There was like a write-in Rios campaign. I might be dating myself. That was probably ten years ago. Um, I say that as if I'm. 50 years old. Yeah, I was going to say, you're literally acting like a grandpa. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just way back when there was a Alex. I bet you that I'm going to find out what year this is. Alex, this is bad podcasting. Right in All Star. Alex Rios. Uh, okay, it's not popping up on Google. Okay, well, Weird. you know what? We tried. I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's real. And if I think it, it's true. Um, so yeah, fill out your all-star ballots. Let us yes. know. Uh, we'll, we'll post the graphics uh, of ours and uh, we'll get some, uh, we'll get some, some feedback there. That was fun though. Yeah. Um, weak positions though. I mean, there's some of these, some of these positions on like, it, like I, I don't understand how like the NL, there's not that many, like the AL I feel like is the stronger conference. Oh, for sure. League. league. Yeah. League. Yeah. But yes, I agree completely. It was hard. It was hard to find guys because I mean, because sometimes if you're a fan of a specific team, you'll you'll try to rationalize like, oh, you know, could could Kyle Schwarber be an All Star? No, damn it. Okay. Yeah. And then you're just voting for names at that point. You're just you're just putting names of guys that you knew were once good. Yes. It is interesting that like the fans vote. <laughs> I like that aspect of it. It is a popularity contest. Sure. You can't get around that. No. There was the the year of the Royals. I think it was 2015. I think they tried to get their entire starting infield in the All Star mm-hmm. game as starters through the fan vote. It was like, yeah, we're making the case for Omar Infante this year. I think the guy's batting around 240, but get him in there. Real hard to he deserves there. it. Absolutely, stack the ballot box. Um, okay, we talked about shortstops in the on yes. our ballots. It's kind of a down year for shortstops. I feel like. Yes. Uh, but this past winter, there's like a bajillion dollars spent on them. So uh, the big four, how are they holding up? Not good. Not not good. Um, got Correa's hitting 207. Trey Turner, 232. Lindor, 213. Bogarts, 252. I think the one that I'm most surprised about would be Correa, just because very out of character for him. I was expecting him to have a monster year, especially after the 17 contracts that we had to go through with him during the offseason. So was fully expecting Kraya to turn around. I think, I don't want to write off Lindor, but I'm going to say he might not be my pick to turn around. I think if I had to pick one of them, I would either go Kraya or I'd go Bogarts. But I do want to hear your take. Who, would, who do you think is going to turn around? Uh, I, I'm, I was looking because I, like I feel like I've seen Trey Turner turn it on a little bit, but his last seven yes. games, he's only batting 240 with two home runs. So not exactly. Yeah. It's not exactly the earth shattering numbers that I was hoping. Cause I really wanted to be batting like 300 in his last seven and be like, Hey, this guy's back. Bogarts yeah. is not that having not that bad of a year. He's my, he's, nobody cares about your he's, fantasy. He's your all-star. 
He's your he's my all star, but he's also my uh, starting shortstop for my fantasy baseball team. Um, oh, okay. So it's I've been locked in for him. He, you know, his wrist has been bothering him. He really he tried to play through it because Manny was hurt. So it's like he was trying to force it a little bit. Let's go back yeah. to 250. The guy's fine. Uh, the Lindor one is it's hilarious because yeah. he's just the guy. He hasn't had a, a good year in a while. Let's yes. see. Last year, 161 games. He already 270 last year. So that's kind of silence a little bit of the doubters. But first first year in New York, I always remember him hitting 230 and getting booed every game. So yes. And now he's back to hitting 213. So it's tough. Let's see what Correa hit last year. Correa, I feel like Correa has Correa been hurt. I feel like I've heard mm. that. I think he was dealing with, but I don't think he went on the IL. He missed another stretch of games due to plantar fasciitis in his left foot. Oh, so, yes. Bruce not fully healthy. It's not his fault. So he, so Correa's going to be fine. Now I'm not concerned. Correa will be fine. Bogart's will be fine. Turner, you got you to gotta figure it out at some point, bud. The, wow. You're playing Correa in a market just... that does not like to put up with, with bad play. Correa hit 291 last year and then 279 and 21. That's crazy. He's nuts. Model of consistency. Not of health, though. No. Not, not of health. health. Maybe maybe that's why those contracts fell through. Maybe, maybe some of that was was valid, him, yes. him not signing all with all these teams. It was like, hey, maybe all these doctors and teams, physicians, maybe they're mm-hmm. onto something. Um, but, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's tough. Um, I saw this on Twitter. I think maybe Bob Nightingale tweeted out. It was MLB win total projections. They had the opening day ones in parentheses. It was from Bet Online AG, and it was based on June fifth standings. So when you're listening to this, it's a couple days old. But uh, if you look, they do win totals by division. Uh, I'll run through some of the highlights. Maybe the division winners. They have the Rays winning or projected to do ninety nine and a half. Uh, Twins eighty seven and a half. Astros ninety four and a half. Braves in the, first in the NL East ninety five and a half. Brew Crew in the Central with eighty seven and a half. And then out West, the Dodgers with ninety four and a half. Um, there's a couple things that are surprising. They had the Texas Rangers, they had them at 93 and a half. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, uh, is it's a Texas Rangers day. And I don't think that's right. I I think the Texas Rangers are like, so in the standings right now, they're three and a half games up on Houston. They have 39 wins and 20 Mm -hmm. losses. It's the Rangers division. Point blank. Rangers division, unless they lose it. Who wait? Someone tweeted. Who said that? There was a one of the players said that. It was Nathaniel Lowe. He said, "I, I would yes. be surprised." If it, I paraphrase him. I'd be surprised if we collapsed and lost the division to the Astros. It's our division. He's right. Yes. Got a lot of headlines like, for that. A lot of headlines, but lead the league in runs, three seventy six RBIs, three sixty two run differential, plus one sixty seven. We went all over over almost all of this. Fewest home runs allowed. Fewest hits allowed. So. I just, all of these stats, and it's just, they're players too. Marcus Simeon, hit streak, Josh Jung, AL Rookie of the Month for both April and May. Nathan Valdi, 0.82 ERA. And they're going, nope, Rangers, you're going to sit pretty behind the Astros. It's actually really funny. I made a skit on my TikTok today about this. And people are going, what are you talking about? The Rangers are uh, first in the standings. I'm like, no, no, we're talking, we're talking about this specific, the specific thing that came out, but I don't know. I again I I think the Rangers I'm gonna take back what I said a few weeks ago on the podcast when I said the Astros had it. I think I'm going all in on the Rangers now. It's their division. Welcome aboard. Absolutely. Enjoying Very easy club. to get there. Yeah. Uh there's no love for the Pittsburgh Pirates who have turned it on as of late. This this they had a projected for 79 and a half, even though they're in first place right now because they have 32 wins and 27 losses. Pirates have won six in a row. They're red hot once again. Yeah. As of that should not come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, because the Pirates are one of the best teams in baseball. But yeah, just, they took them a little bit to fit. They found it. They lost it for a little bit. They found it again. So yeah. uh, it's, everything will be fine up in Pittsburgh. But 79 wins feels so, so low. After yeah. all the, after all they've been through this year, all the, but coaching coming back, all this great pitching, Mitch Keller's pitching his heart out every fifth day. It's like mm-hmm. only 79 wins. I ain't buying it. No. After all they've been through. Absolutely. All the diversity. Everybody doubted them. They're, they opened yeah. the season. 67 and a half was their projected over under, according to mm-hmm. Bet AG. Uh, and now look at them. First place, six in a row. So, uh, yeah, check it out online if you haven't already. 
Uh, it's a very, very fun thing to look at and get angry about because they are, at the end of the day, also just projections. These are yes. not real. Yes. Not real. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean we can't get mad at them. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we have a couple last, last things for you guys this week. We have our Say Something Nice Abouts. Uh, I will kick us off because I am going to say something nice about the Milwaukee Brewers and what they have done for John Singleton. They did something very, very cool. They recalled first baseman John Singleton, who made his return to the big leagues after eight years of not being in the majors. It had been since 2015. He was with the Houston Astros at the time. But I just want to kind of run through this man's career timeline because speaking of overcoming adversity, this man has overcome a ton of adversity to get to where he is, which is back in the major leagues, and he got a hit in his very first game. He was drafted in 2009 by the Phillies. He was traded way back when for Hunter Pence to the Houston Astros. Uh, He was suspended for marijuana. He spent time in a rehab facility for marijuana. And then the Houston Astros put a lot of faith in him. He was killing it the minors. He signed a five-year, $10 million contract before ever being called up to the big leagues. That was big news at the time. There's been guys since then who have done that. But way back when, that was unheard of to be like, you're going to give this guy all this money. He's never set foot on a big league field. Um, and then 2014, I think he played in like 95 games. He played a decent amount. 2015, only played a handful of games, gets sent down. 2018, he gets suspended again for marijuana. He doesn't play an organized pro ball until 2021 in the Mexican League. He absolutely crushed it that year in the Mexican League. The Brewers picked him up on a minor league deal, demolished AAA pitching. You know, spent he started this year in AAA for the Brewers again, mashed the ball, called him up, slugged his way onto the team because of injuries. And there's a great quote that I wanted to read from John Singleton. He said, quote, I had to get away from baseball in order for things to slow down and for me to personally hit that reset button. I made some changes in my personal life with my friends and family and stuff like that. And ultimately, that led to better habits. Love that. You'll love to see it. You know, lowest to lows, back to highest to highs. Great for him for getting his life back on track and getting back to the big leagues. And great for the Brewers for giving him an opportunity. So uh, say something nice, Milwaukee Brew Crew and John Singleton. We love it. Fantastic. My say something nice. We got the Cincinnati Reds. I'm so excited about this. News came out. We have, ladies and gentlemen, Ellie De La Cruz called up for the Reds. Number four prospect in baseball. So if you are not excited about this, I'm going to need you to get a little bit more amped up. This is this is big time. Big time, especially for the Cincinnati Reds. He's bringing his electric, to, his electric tools to the big leagues. So a couple things. This man can literally do anything. And he does it consistently. 347, 460 on base percentage, 743 slugging in 25 May games with 10 home runs and nine steals. His K rate during that time span was just 20.6%. And he walked at a 16.9% clip. Now, let's talk about some base stealing. We were talking about Anthony Volpe before. Base stealing, we love him. This guy, 70 grade speed on the 20 to 80 scale. I'm reading about this. I'm like, that is absolutely insane. Do you want to look up what Volpe says? Because I am curious about that. 47 bases in 53 tries in 2022. He hasn't stolen that many this year, but he has only missed once in his attempt. So still pretty good. 6-5, four-team third in the NL Central, 27-33. and Going to add a nice little boost to their lineup. I'm so excited to see what he can contribute. We were talking about this a little bit on podcast earlier. It seems like they're having just like a bunch of, you know, really good players. Someone might have to go, but it's but it's – Big, exciting day, especially for Cincinnati Reds fans. Really just any fan of baseball in general. I mean, number four prospect, that's unreal. So say something nice about Cincinnati Reds. We're excited for De La Cruz. Can't wait to see what he does. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of the most like anticipated, hyped-up prospects, and for good reason. But the, it has an interesting twist for it for the Cincinnati Reds because they went from having a stretch where they didn't have that many top-tier guys. It was kind of a down couple years there for the Reds. Now they have too many good guys for not enough positions. I was looking and they, you know, obviously Jonathan India, he's been there. He's only 26, but he's kind of been that veteran leader. If you want to say that about the Reds, um, like I said, it was only being 26 rookie of the year, but they are trying to figure out they're playing a little musical chairs with positions right now because De La Cruz is a shortstop and they have Matt McClain. Who's a natural shortstop. He's batting 329 for the Reds right now. He's killing it. He's sticking there. They'll put, Matt McLean over at second base, De La Cruz at shortstop. And then you got to figure out what to do with Jonathan India. It's tough. They've already had to shoehorn Spencer Steer, their, you know, Oregon duck shout out. Uh, he's 
batting almost 300 with eight home runs. They have him playing first base, and his defense isn't very good at first. So they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. They have not enough positions, too many guys. Maybe put Indy in the outfield, maybe? I don't know. I don't think they should trade him, and I think it's a little unfair that people are asking him about what his role will be on the club moving forward. It's like, hey, guys, like I'm still pretty good, too. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's a lot, of, a lot of controversy in Cincinnati Redland lately. Should be interesting. I'm I'm yeah. curious to see what they do during this little situation right now. And Joey Votto is coming back at some point too, so you have to figure out what to do with him. He's playing first base, and you have to put maybe Steer back at third. I Nick, I don't know. They they have they have to figure it out. But please keep Jonathan India. This you don't trade one of your best players just because there's another good player behind him. Like you figure agree. out a way how to keep him. Yes, completely agree. It's not rocket science. Um, that was fantastic. Okay. We're going to end this week as we do every single week with our rants. Mine mostly turn into kind of positive. I haven't really done a negative one in a while, but my rant for this week is about the Washington Nationals and Steven Strasburg. Uh, I would give Steven Strasburg his contract again, leave him alone, is the title of my rant this week. Uh, Because if you saw this over the weekend, the news about Nationals starting pitcher Steven Strasburg, it is sad. It is emotional for Nationals fans such as myself. And I think baseball fans in general should have a little bit more empathy for this man who has given literally everything he has to give to the game and to the Curly W because the report says he was shut down from all physical activity. Severe nerve damage is what they're saying. He hasn't been able to do any kind of activity in a month. And the plan for him is he's going to take a long while to rest and see if he can ever pitch again. It's kind of a bummer. The outlook is bleak. But I've seen so much of this on the internet where people are saying he's a bust. They look at that seven-year, $245 million contract. And yes, if you look at it, bird's eye view, he's pitched like five games since 2019 or something. He hasn't, he hasn't played a lot of innings. He hasn't pitched a lot of innings. I would still give him that money at the time. Like if you look back at that 2019 season, he was the World Series MVP, 5-0, 1.98 ERA in the, in the playoffs that year. He was 18-6. and six. And 209 regular season innings, 3-3-2 ERA. He earned every penny that he was signed to for that contract. And now it's easy to say, you know, hindsight being 2020, like, oh, if if I knew he was going to get hurt, why would you give him the money? It's like that's not how it works in yeah. baseball. He showed up in the biggest moments when the lights were the brightest, and he shot, silenced all the doubters because if you remember back in 2012, the Nationals had to shut him down. He didn't pitch in the playoffs that year, and they really needed him because he was on an innings limit because of Tommy John surgery. Wasn't happy about it then, but 2019, he shut all the haters up and won that World Series MVP. But this man, his body is like that. It's like a game of operation at this point. Everything is lighting up red. He had carpal tunnel surgery in 2020. Thoracic outlet syndrome is what he's had. It was what he had. They had surgery. They took two ribs and two muscles out of him. It's he's has had numbing, like numb, tingly thing, uh, feelings in his fingers it's to the point where it's like he, he couldn't stand up for long periods of time because his body wouldn't let him. He had to lay down because everything hurt. Uh, and that, all that didn't stop him because he's still been trying to come back and pitch. He could have given up, could have waved the white flag, could have thrown in the towel. But he's still like, he's like, he pitched last year. He pitched against the Marlins and he's still for brief spurts there. He looked like old Steven Strasburg. So guy's never given up, given his entire body to the game of baseball. It's it's unfortunate that his body didn't hold up and, and didn't allow him to have a longer, more career long, long drawn out career. But I'm gonna remember Steven Strasburg for the good times and what he was able to do on the field and not for you know all the injuries and talk of him not being able to pitch and not being able to win the big one because that sucks. I will miss watching Steven Strasburg. I don't think he'll ever pitch again. Uh, and it sucks. So uh, leave him alone. Sad emotional rant today, Justin. That yes. was good. That was good. I feel like I kind of got like teary-eyed at the end. <laughs> it sucks. This guy it can't. He's like I know. They're they're trying to think of the long-term health of him being able to like play with his children. So God. it has yeah. It's sad. It sucks. It's sad. Well, rooting for him in any way possible. I mean, just for him to be healthy. I don't even know how to transition out of this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my rant. We got. Louisa Rice train. Okay. Uh, mark it down. It's June 6th. I'm going to say this on here. People may think I'm absolutely insane. I think he can hit 400 this year. I, everyone's going to say, what are you talking about? Last person to do it, Ted Williams, 1941. I think he, I'm going to take back what I said. 
I don't know if he can hit 400. I think he will be the closest out of all the other guys on that list to come up to 400. But the rant that I want to talk about today with him is that I'm so sick and tired of seeing the launch angle and the exit velocities and all of these different things. And I understand that when you get to the postseason, it's literally a home run duel. duel. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. And then who's going to hit a home run over the fence? Totally understand that. Flippin' Bats a few weeks ago had John Smoltz, and he was talking about how the technology is so ingrained in sports nowadays that even in the NBA, like they're giving up layups so they can hit a three-point shot. I don't really agree with how they're doing this very similarly in Major League Baseball, which, oh, we'd rather just have you strike out a bunch because you're going to have a more like ability to hit a home run. It was funny when I played college softball, we had a new coach come in who literally taught us that exact swing. My senior year tried to change all of our swings. Like, Oh yeah, we're all going to strike out a bunch, but you're also going to hit the ball over the fence. So everyone drop your back shoulder and just try and jack out of the park. Now at five, three, 120 pounds soaking wet, that wasn't really great for me, but I just, I feel like it would be cooler if you had three guys in the lineup that are doing more of what Luis Rise are doing and, you know, only having about nine, 10 home runs in a span of two months, but only striking out like eight times. You put the ball in play, good things happen. We see it all the time. The Yankees literally beat the Dodgers on Sunday night baseball because literally just put situational hitting, just putting the ball in play. And when you just try and jack a ball over the fence, it's it's not always going to work in the long run. So I love what he's doing. I love that he's flirting with... 400 in June, which is absolutely insane. And I feel like more people in Major League Baseball maybe should try and emulate this. People are going to look at me like I have 17 heads and they're going, no, absolutely not. We're going to stick with our exit below. Luis Rise exit velocity, he's like one of the worst ones in baseball, but he's hitting 400 and he puts the ball in play. In conclusion, what my solution would be is you pick four to five hitters that are going to be your home run guys and then three that are going to three to four that are going to hit, you know, base hits, trying to hit more consistently like an Anthony Volpe. We don't, we don't need him always to the ball over the fence. He steals a ton of bags. Let's just work on getting him on base more. Rant is over. Might be my softballness really came out in that and it's okay, but that's, that's what I have to say. Wow. Yeah. I was 10 out of 10 on the rant there. Thanks. Uh, you're right. They, we just don't value contact enough. No, it's not sexy. Chicks dig the long ball back yeah. in the day, the commercials. But I, I saw a great tweet. It was Luis Arias's career, multi-hit games, 148 total strikeouts, 142. If you ever, if you ever want to go back and look at a fun baseball reference, just for just for giggles, go go look at Tony Gwynn. Go look at Tony Gwynn's baseball reference because it is it is like a fascinating case study of guy never strikes out, guy puts ball in play, like. We've gotten so far away from that in baseball these last few years, and we're getting back to it, I think, little by little. The shift, I think, is going to be, you know, yeah. banning the shift is going to be huge for that because hopefully we see more guys like Luis Arias. Why don't we get back to the, the chase for 400 like you were talking about? That's that's more fun than everybody batting 220. Like, that's yeah. that's not the kind of baseball that's good. It's, it's great. I, I think you really hit on something there. So uh, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not glad you brought up uh, flipping bats again. <laughs> I just that's where I heard the interview and I love I love Smoltz so I had to I had to throw him okay. in there he's phenomenal yes one of the best he he got on the uh disabled list at the time when he was playing because he ironed a shirt while he was wearing it so it's my all-time favorite he he denies it but I'm like okay <laughs> he's phenomenal he's the best he's yeah I love John Smoltz um yeah wow covered a lot of ground this week it's it's a big week for the Texas Rangers, though. I think if you want to take anything away from this podcast, it is go Rangers, go. Yep. We are a Texas Rangers podcast yes. from here on out. But, uh, yeah, this has been great. I am. I think I'm going to do the honors. I think I'm going to end it this week since I didn't do a very good job of doing this last week. Uh, yes. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music.
Looking for tonight.